still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I was just going to say, I think that's what David was saying, is if 2020 were a church, he, they would end out insane, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That if 2020 was a church, they would end out saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what's so crazy about the timing of David writing this psalm as we've looked through, and when we started speaking of this was that the exact transition of when the sheep would be brought down into the valley for the season of um, getting into that place to where they had the most luxurious food and drink and the different things that they needed us supplied. And if you look at the journey of sheep and a shepherd, David, his perspective from this psalm was that of a sheep who was thankful and grateful to be um, in the presence of the Lord. And what's really crazy is that realistically, sheep are brought home around Christmas time. And sheep are brought to the homestead around Christmas time. And as they are brought into that homestead, there's just this bundling in and huddling in and this overwhelming sense of gratitude and thankfulness for what has been done over the year. And I think the reason that David ends this psalm that way is because he began to look over all the things that God had done throughout the seasons of his life, all the things that God had be, had come through for him. And even in the, the worst times and the hard times that, that God was always there, that he was the good shepherd, that he was the one who would be continuous and faithful and the word dwell, to dwell means to abide as, a permanent resident, or to be in any state or condition, to continue, to be fixed on in attention. David wasn't just talking about being in the temple at this moment. If that wasn't the figure of state. What he was trying to say at this place was that my life, my life will dwell in the presence of God. My lifestyle, the things I do, the worship that I give, I want to stay in a continual state of presence with God. I want to be thankful. I want him to know that I am willing to serve and do what he asks of me because all I can think about are the good things that God has done. And that's how this year, I believe we're ending at the exact right time. It wasn't coincidence, it's purposeful that we are ending this year, this Sunday, by saying we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not just as a continual state right here in this building, but right here in our minds and in our hearts that we will focus on the good things that God has done. The good things that he's done. Not the things that we've gone through, not the things that look like boiled weenie water, but the good things that God has done. We can focus on 2020, and so many of us could say, well, if 20, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. But in all reality, all I keep being able to say to somebody is this was the best year that I have ever had. Amen. This is the best year, and I'm not trying to take light of anybody's circumstances. Not one bit. My heart aches and grieves for the ones who have lost ones, especially due to COVID-19. It aches for that. But I know that God is still good, and he's still in control, and he has all things in order, and he sits on the throne. I believe that this is the statement of a sheep who is not only thankful but grateful for the life they have because of the goodness of God. This is the statement that ties up what was said at the very beginning, that the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He concluded with the statement that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, to dwell is an action word. It's an action word. Thankfulness is being pleased and, and relieved. 
It's being pleased and relieved. I'm thankful that something happened and I'm relieved that something took place. I'm thankful. You can be thankful that 2020 is over. You can be pleased and relieved. But being grateful is showing an appreciation of kindness. This is the difference. Thankfulness is a feeling, but gratefulness is an action. David's response to the goodness of God, no matter what the year brought, was that of gratefulness. His response to say he would dwell in God's house was saying his life was one that would live in constant service to and for God. His desire was to be engaged in full relationship with God. I believe that this was a foreshadowing of the desire that God had for his people. It was a foreshadowing of the desire that God had that he wanted to dwell with his people. I want you to go with me to John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 4, it says, in the begin or 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory as of the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. See, God placed importance on dwelling. So much that he came and sent his only son during this time. This is not coincidence that at the time when the sheep came into the fold to come home, that God at the same time sent his only son to place such an importance on dwelling. It's not coincidence, it's not mistake that at this time of year we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Not for the purpose of just that he was a baby who lied in a manger, but, but for the purpose that he desired to dwell with you. So that you could dwell with him in the house of the Lord forever. That's why he came. That's why he came. There's no greater response that we could give than an action of saying, God, I choose to dwell with you. No greater response. That's why I believe David ended this way. It talks about how David had a heart after God. He did. He had a heart after God because he knew no matter where he was in life, no matter when, what went on, no matter what took place, no matter if 2020 stinks worse than 2020, that, no matter if 2021 stinks worse than 2020, that he was going to spend time with God and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The purpose of us spending time with God, the purpose for God coming, the purpose for the word becoming flesh and the word dwelling among us is so that we can be in presence with him and present at all times. It's funny how you go back. We, I'm going back. I didn't even give this to you in Genesis. But the first time dwelt came is when God sent the angels to post at the garden. And I want to say this because we're either going to dwell with God or we're going to dwell with something else. And when Adam and Eve chose not to dwell with God anymore, the angels were set post at the gate of the garden. That's where the dwelling place started. And the angels said the first time dwelt started was when the angels were posted at the garden with flaming swords. They weren't, God wasn't playing around. He's asking at, where are you? He knew exactly where he was. But when Adam and Eve turned their heads and decided not to dwell and decided to take something that God said, you can have everything in this garden, but don't touch that right there. Don't touch that tree. You ever had, you can have all this stuff, but don't touch pornography. You can have this, you can have this, and he gives you this, and he gives you that, but don't, don't touch that right there. And it causes us not to dwell with God. But you know what's interesting is Jesus came, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was for humanity. He could become the second Adam. 
All along, there's always a purpose to dwell. We want to dwell at our homes. We want to dwell with people. We have, God give us a desire to dwell. Whether it's with a friend, whether it's just dwelling, being in a purpose of God. The word connected to dwelling is purpose. If you dwell somewhere, you have a purpose to be there. If you dwell somewhere, then you have a purpose. If you want to dwell at home, you have a purpose that you want to be there. Isn't it funny that one, some people don't want to dwell at home? So they go find all these other places to go and think they can find this place to dwell when in reality, God wants you to just dwell. You don't know how to even sit still to be at home. So you take all these other purposes of dwelling and you, you, you do all these other things when in reality, God wants you to just dwell right there. He don't, you don't know how to settle down. How are you going to dwell? So you do all these things. You can get at home and say you're going to dwell, but you're still doing all these other things. You still don't know how to sit still. And I think the purpose of dwelling is because we, we disobeyed. Adam and Eve disobeyed. And there had to be a human. Jesus had to come for humanity. He, the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. We wouldn't have had. Isaiah talked about it. The prophets of old talked about it. There was a dwelling. They wanted to go in the tabernacle. Isn't it funny how Daniel dwelled in the lion's den? Isn't it funny how Jacob had to lay his head on a stone, but he dwelled with God? Isn't it funny how Moses was in the wilderness and he dwelled with God? He was trying to build these tabernacles. It was the whole time in the word of God is all about dwelling. The whole thing is all about All of our lives is about dwelling. There's a purpose. We live for the glory of God. We live to dwell. If you were isolated, doesn't it feel weird when you're isolated and you're at home and you're isolated and you don't have anybody to talk to? Isn't it funny how 2020 tried to isolate so you couldn't dwell with anybody? And so like the church, you had to immediately change the course of the method so there would still be a dwelling within them, within them cameras. There was still a dwelling. We went into our house and we still dwelt upon the line. When we sit in our front rooms, we could still see. We could still dwell. And I think the purpose of all these things have happened in 2020. Can you still dwell? Can you still dwell with what God's wanting? Or do you turn your head like Adam and Eve did and got kicked out of the garden? You know the dwelling is the garden. Back to the garden. All of it is back to the Garden of Eden where it began. And it says even in Revelation, it started in Genesis all the way to Revelations, Joshua. That there will be a new heaven and a new earth and we will dwell. And we're going from Genesis to Revelations. And we're taking this walk. The prophet of old, they took this walk and they dwelled. David dwelled when there was all this attack. He's in the cave and he still dwelled with God. And God's trying to teach us to dwell with him. I looked up something in it. Talking about no matter where you are and the different things like that. Dwelling brings continuity when you dwell it brings continuity and continuity means uninterrupted connection it's uninterrupted connection between you and God you know you you ever have a problem where you have your cell phone and you constantly are losing connection or dropping calls or doing things like that sometimes that's how God I believe feels with us he can feel like that with us, like, like we're, he's constantly dropping calls with us, that we're constantly missing connection. We have no service. We have no connection because, you know, in our lives, we don't feel like we have the right, you know, tower or placement of what needs to be done in our lives so that everything can work out perfectly to have, you know, 5G connection now. Forget about 4G. It's 5G. Well, let me tell you what. Are you connected to the fivefold ministry, the, the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life through all the things that he wants to work out in you? What are you connected to? 
Are you uninterrupted in your connection with him? That doesn't mean that things in life don't happen or you don't have stuff take place in your life where you have frustrations or things take place, but it's when you let those frustrations overtake you, it begins to disconnect you from God. What you can do is in those places of frustrations is you can say, look, I know that there are things frustrating or sad or lonely or different things that are going on in my life, but I choose to not allow it to disrupt and take me out of connectivity with Jesus Christ. And some of the times I think the reason we feel the way we do from 2020 and from other years that we've gone through, because guess what? It's the same thing, just a different year. Everybody says, says the same crap, just a different day. It's the truth. Let me tell you, well, next year's going to be better, and next year's going to be better, and next year's going to be better, and I can't wait till this year ends. Well, good God, why don't you just ask God to come so we can just not have another year? Because guess what? Every year is going to have something that you don't like. Because the word of God says for every time there is a time and a season for all things. A time and a season. It's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to hate. There's a time to love. There's a time to die. There's a time to live. All the above. But we feel like we can cut out all those things. And so what happens is you wonder why your service to God isn't in full service, isn't in dwelling. See, because when you live in service to God, that means you choose to dwell in service to him. You're dwelling with him. That's that action of giving back to him in your life and in your worship and in your your lifestyle, the things that you do. But when you choose to get caught up in all the things that are negative, what happens is you begin to cut out the chain links that are linking you to what God wants in his purpose, and you wonder why you feel so disconnected. You don't have to end that way this year. You do not have to end that way this year. You can choose to have the same spirit that David had and said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which means I will show a a sense of gratitude and thankfulness for all that you've done and for what you're getting ready to do. No matter how much crud the earth is getting ready to change and go through, I choose to dwell in the presence of God. And all I could do last night is sit there and weep at the table because all I could think about was the good things that God had done. Yes, are there things that are going on? And yes, have there been things that I could look back on and be like, that was terrible. That was tough. And that was rough. But in those rough moments, I still see the glimpses of the glory of God because I quit letting my mind slip out of connection with what God wanted to do in the spirit. You have to keep uninterrupted connection. Dwelling brings continuity. It's just continual. Put up the last part of that verse for me, verse 6 of Psalm 23. Uh, And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. I love what David says here because he's talking about just continuously being in the presence of God. Tommy, 20 years ago, wrote a book called The God Chasers. And uh, he talks about, he actually wrote another book. um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it talks about David bringing the ark back into Jerusalem and how David put it in a tent. And he had worshipers around it 24-7. And, and he began to speculate and say, you know, I wonder how many times David would just go peek in the tent just to get a glimpse of his glory. And how often he would just look and see and how much time he spent around that tent rather than on his throne because the one that really sat on the throne was there in Jerusalem. Right, And so I began to think about the way David was kind of thinking in his moments. And he's like, man, there's nothing else that I'd rather do than spend time in the presence of God. That's where I want to be. Some of us don't spend time in the presence of God because we don't understand what he really did. We don't understand what he really did when he came to earth as a baby. I mean, here we just celebrated Christmas and most of y'all's thoughts are already off that. I mean, look at the stores. I was thinking about this the other day. Even before Christmas ever hit, they were already changing the guard and moving on to 2021. Getting ready for spring, because here comes spring. We ain't even given Christ the moment that he deserves. 
And here's the funny thing. The moment he deserves isn't just on Christmas Day. It's every day, 365 days of the year. But we want to move just as fast as the world does. Christmas is over, so now we got to move on to 2021. What's coming up next? I want to know what's going to happen right now. I want to be in his presence right now. What's God doing right now in the moment? What's he saying right now in the moment? Uh, house. I shall dwell forever in the house. Listen, the house is the dwelling place, a place of refuge and the presence of God. I began to think about the temple. And God just began to give me a picture of the temple. There were three layers or three dimensions to the temple. The outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. People were allowed in two of the dimensions, but not the third. Once a year, the high priest would go into the third dimension, which would be the holy of holies. And he was the only one that was allowed to go. I began to ponder this because I'm like, man, David's saying, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and in the presence of the Lord. And I'm thinking about this whole thing, and I'm thinking, how many times do we miss out dwelling in the presence of God because we don't truly understand what he did to allow us to dwell in the presence and in the house? Watch this. We could go into the outer court. We could go into the holy place. But only one per year was allowed in the most holy place in the actual presence of God. Matthew chapter 27, verse 51 through 53. Put that up there for me. At that moment, the veil in the holy of holies was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook violently. Rocks were split apart. And graves were opened. Then many of the holy ones who had died were brought back to life and came out of their graves. And after Jesus' resurrection, they were plainly seen by many people walking in Jerusalem. God began to show me. He said, son, listen. He said, a lot of people still don't come into my presence the way they should because they still have a veil up in their own life that keeps them from me. What you don't understand is that when I hung on that cross and when I paid that penalty and when I said it is finished in that moment, that veil that caused separation from you to come into the most holy place was ripped in a moment and it allowed you the opportunity to come and dwell with me where I sit. I don't have to have somebody else go in there for me once a year. Jesus paid it all. And because of his price that he paid, that veil was ripped in two, and now I can boldly approach the throne of grace. I can boldly go into his presence, and I can talk to him face to face. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. I am the true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. i got to stop right there just for a minute. We talk so many times about how when people don't bear fruit, they're just thrown away. I need you to understand this translation and how powerful it is. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches Maybe you feel fruitless right now, but in this moment, what he did on that cross, he is lifting you up and propping you up, and he's reestablishing the flow of who he is to begin bringing fruit out in you again, Woo! and pruning every fruit, fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. Keep going. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Dwelling is about staying connected intimately with him. It is not about separating yourself because you see what he said. When you separate yourself, when you sever yourself from the vine, you won't bear fruit anymore. 
Some of you are struggling with not bearing fruit right now, but understand you're still connected. Even though you're not bearing fruit right now, Jesus is coming by and propping you back up and tying you back on to the place that will cause the flow to come again. But some of you during this time, even some of you watching online, have separated yourself completely because you've been covified. <laughs> You've been caught up in something you should have never connected yourself to. You connected yourself to the wrong government. But when you stay connected to the government of the kingdom, when you don't feel fruitful, he props you. Woo! He props you up and reconnects the flow so that you can begin to produce the fruit again. I get it. COVID was a struggle. 2020 was a struggle. Who knows what 2021 has to bring. But if you stay connected, it doesn't matter what comes at you. Because there's a flow. It's called a fountain. It's called the blood of Jesus that flows through you continuously. That gives you life. That gives you hope. And that causes fruit to be produced in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. Throw that up there. Woo-wee. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. Do you understand what he did on the cross? He built a home in you. He said, I don't want to dwell in a building anymore. I want to dwell in my people. And when they set a mercy seat on their heart for me to sit on, where I can put my presence, then I dwell with them and they begin to dwell with me. And I'm going to pour out of them the things that I put in them. I'm going to give them fruit to give to the nations. And that fruit will become the leaves of healing to people that are broken and hurting. 2021 was a place where God took remnant out of a grave and he resurrected it and said, I'm going to put fruit on you that are going to be for the healing of people that are going to drive through the line that need food, but you're going to give them the real food. And you're going to give them something that will cause life to come into them and healing will begin to flow and deliverance will come. I'm doing something new. It's not new to me, but it's going to be new to you and it's going to be new to this city. I brought something in to the Wabash Valley that is about to cause a greater river to begin to flow. I'm going to do something greater than what your eye has seen or your ear has heard. For you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and out of you shall flow rivers of living water. Don't worry about the river flowing here that overflows every once in a while. Worry about the river that I put in you that's going to overflow everywhere you go and cause life to come. Woo! Jesus. Woo Jesus. I want to read this real quick. Zechariah 2, 10 and 13. Shout and celebrate, daughters of Zion. I'm on my way. I'm moving into your neighborhood, says God. Be still before God, all mankind, because he has aroused himself from his dwelling. You quiet yourself. Shh, silence before God. Something's afoot in his holy house, and he is on the move in 2021. Shh, quiet yourself. Something afoot is in his dwelling house. He's got himself lifted up, and he is about to, he is on the move for 2021. He's stirred up the sanctuary in our hearts. He's got to stir it up. We're not just sitting doing nothing. If he's on the move, we're on the move. We're not sitting in idolatry. If you're not dwelling with God, you're dwelling in yourself. And it's called idolatry. You make your own house. You like your own stuff. It's an I instead of the I am. And God told me, he told me this morning when I got up, he said, I'm going to shake everything that needs to be shook. I said, well, start with me. Shake me, God. I don't want to dwell in anything else. 
I'm tired of dwelling with things in my mind, what I think should happen or what's going to be going on or what's going to happen for the next, what's going to happen to my family, what's going to happen. I'm t- all thoughts into captivity, into the obedience of Christ, casting down every imagination against the knowledge of God. We pull down every stronghold. Because you're dwelling in something in your mind, you're not dwelling in this. Get up every morning and dwell. Not only dwelling and getting alone with God. Isn't it hard to get alone with God? Come on, somebody. Everything's, every, everything's upside down. The swing you get on, you knock yourself back in the back of the wall. Everything that Pastor Brandon just showed, that's, that was 2020. Upside down. And you have to be determined to dwell. I got to go shut my door. And say, you know what? I'm going to get quiet. Shh. Because everything else we're talking, isn't it funny how you get, try to get quiet and all of a sudden your phone starts ringing? Beep. Beep. You go, wait a minute. I should check that. And all of a sudden you've got your head turned and you're not even dwelling with God at times. And I'm not talking about just dwelling all by yourself and getting quiet. That's a, that's a dwelling place. But dwelling with God when you're walking to the grocery store. Dwelling with God when you're, when you're out there doing the things that we're doing. Some of you don't even dwell when you walk into the sanctuary. Some of you are dragging yourself to get here. To try to dwell. When you could just dwell. You don't have to try. You could just become him. I'm on my way and I'm moving into your neighborhood, declares God. So be still before God, all mankind, because I've aroused myself from my dwelling. And something is afoot in his holy house. Something's afoot in his holy house. He's got his foot up. So powerful. Uh, that's why we try to talk about, you know, even at this Christmas season, that it's just not about lights and, and presence. It's about his presence, his dwelling. And we give gifts and we enjoy that and we enjoy to give, but it's not about that. If I had nothing else, I have him. I didn't get one more gift. I just have him. And it, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's just crazy. It's the story. It's, even, even with Christmas and all this, let's just be real about it. It's the story of God doing whatever it took to get to us. But we get so caught up in, in our traditional thinking of just, okay, he was born in a manger, and, the, and we have all the manger scenes and all. It's the story of God doing whatever it took to get to us. And he could have used anybody he wanted to use. He sends his son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's like, I'll just do it myself. And send the Son. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word dwell you heard was remain, abide, stay. David is only describing something that he, he does after spending all of his precious time describing what God has done for him. It is only because the Lord is his shepherd that he can dwell with the Lord. I love what the scripture says that, and David says this in, in Psalm 20, 27, 4. One thing that I desired of the Lord is that I will seek after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Psalm 26, 8 says, O Lord, I love 
habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. I think some of the pinnacle of the worship of David's life took place when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem. See, David took the hill. We've talked, I've, I've, I've talked about this till I'm blue in the face, but the truth don't change, so I've got to keep talking about it. David took the hill. He fought and said, that Jerusalem, that's going to be it. That's going to be the main place. And realized that he didn't have the presence of God, so he went and found where the Ark of the Covenant was and brought it to the hill. I love in Matthew where it describes how we are to be put as a light, shining a light on the hill. That, that God would use David to fight to get to the hill, but since all the fighting's all done, all he asks us to do is shine the light on the hill. And that he's saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's so crazy. Everything they're talking about, and especially Pastor Josh is talking about, I might as well have handed my phone. Because my notes are everything that they've already said. Do you realize that all God wanted to do was get to you? That's all He wanted to do. He spoke everything into existence and stooped down and created and things went wrong. People made decisions. They touched the tree. They ate of the fruit. And that's why they called Jesus the second Adam. That came back. All he wanted to do was get to you. That's all he ever wanted to do. And he wanted to dwell. And he had Moses build this ark. This ark of the covenant. This ark that would have these articles that were inside of this ark. That only the priest could carry with long poles. You couldn't even be close to it. If you touched it, you died. And that very thing happened when, when David found the ark and was bringing it back. The ark was falling because it was on a cart with some cattle. And it was falling down the hillside. And a man grabbed it to save it so it wouldn't fall. And God killed him instantly. Two things happened. One, David's mad. He's trying to save the ark. But God said, no, hold up. It's not to be touched. And it's not to be carried on something you're supposed to sacrifice to me. But see, we've been taking the easy way of trying to dwell in the house of the Lord. We've been trying to, our sacrifice is what we've been hanging on and sitting on. That's not a sacrifice. Oh, I'm just put the ark up on this cart and use the cattle that I'm supposed to kill. Them use the use the animal I'm supposed to kill for the Lord and push it. That's not a you know what a sacrifice is? Six steps sacrifice. Six steps sacrifice. David took six steps, made a sacrifice, all the way back to Jerusalem. Look at your maps in the back of your Bible that we pay no attention to, and see how many steps that was. Do the math of how many miles that was and how many cattle that could have been. How, much, how many animals that was. We, we've taken it for granted, the, the, the presence of God. And we try to take the easy way out of like, well, if I just play that song, that song takes me, take me to the king, that takes me there. If I play my certain jam that I know gets me feeling, woo, takes me there. Light, light a couple candles. We take the easy route because if we can just tune in to a certain deal that might connect certain way, what about when you're all, all, all hope seems lost? Where are you going to connect? You can't ride what you got to sacrifice. So this, this, this Ark of the Covenant dwelled in a tent. Moses built a tent and a tent would sit. Boom. Here we are as a church. It's under a tent. Well, guess what, guys? We got to get moving. We got to move around. Okay, we close the tent, take the ark. The priest will lead it to the next place. It is set in a tent. And only the high priest could go in with bells on. This ain't, this ain't uh, some elves. A little jingle, jingle, jangle. The only reason the, the bells are ringing is because he's still alive in the Holy of Holies. 
If not, they would have to pull him out because with the bell was a rope. If they didn't hear the bells ringing as he walked, they had to pull him out because he wasn't alive anymore. Because you can't take advantage of the holy place. And so that's how they operated with the, the dwelling with the, the presence of God. And then one day, David's sitting in his throne with this huge building and sitting there. And, and the presence of God is there. So he's probably, he's already had some issues with his wife because he started dancing naked. He got buck wild. And he, he just lost his clothes, I guess, and was dancing for the Lord. And she got offended by it. He already dealt with that, but he's sitting in his chair and he's just observing that the presence of God is here. We've taken the hill. And he just couldn't help but think, why would the Ark of the Covenant be sitting in this tent over here when I'm sitting in my own palace? He's worthy of it all. But then God said, listen, you can't do this. Your son's going to do this. He's going to build it. And David said, well, if my son's going to do it, I'm not going to sit lazy. I'm going to actually get everything he needs. So when it's time, it's already here. The problem we have about dwelling in God's presence is that we get lazy and just think it's going to happen when it's going to happen. Get active and moving as you're waiting for these things to take place. Oh, if, I, if the door's not open, I'm just going to sit and wait in the hallway. Oh, that's a great little deal there. Thank you. You're absolutely worthless. Good job. Be active. Do, what are you going to do until the next thing? I'm going to keep doing what he's called me to do, what his word says for me to do. I'm not going to wait and stop. Like, well, I'm just going to stop and wait. And just stop. He's told you what to do, and people need somebody to always be yelling and speaking it to, well, you need to do that. Well, man, he's, he, Josh hears from the Lord, so yeah, I'm going to take that to heart. What, whether he hears from the Lord or not, you hear from the Lord. Well, people depend on so-called hot spots. Yeah. There's one at Walmart, and there's one at Mickey D's. Yep. The, the, the library has one. Yep. They depend on now the, the buses hot spots have where somebody else is continually connected, and then you want to get connected to their hot spot so that you can be a part of the presence of God that they've been continually. And what happens is you want to jump on that bandwagon right there because you'd rather ride on somebody else's connection than build your own. And God is desiring for you, and I think the reason that Jesus Christ will go back to where he says the word of God became flesh and dwelt among them, that was after the temple was built. That was after Solomon built the temple. That God desired that you personally are the temple of God that holds him within you. That you personally have the capability for God to, to dwell right here in your heart. That's, that's where, love. To that. rest. Moses builds the Ark of the Covenant. David gets it prepared for Solomon. Solomon builds this massive temple where the, the dwelling of God is. All history goes through and all this stuff happens and there's wars and they get tore down and all this stuff and the Ark of the Covenant gets taken and everything's in chaos. And again, the reason Jesus Christ came wasn't just for a good Christmas story. It's because he wanted to get to you. That's right. And now that he gets to you, he's gonna, he changes the game. And it wasn't just in the moment of getting to you as a baby or just in the, in the path of him walking and doing the greatest miracles ever told and even some that aren't even written down because they were so many. It was when he died and rose again that what Pastor Josh said, that the VIP veil got torn so you have full access. I do not have to go to Josh so Josh can advocate on my behalf to talk to the King of Kings for me and go behind the veil himself. I, myself, can boldly go before the throne of grace and talk to the King of Kings myself. But, but just a while ago, the Lord spoke to me while I was sitting here. And he said, and he shall dwell in the house and as I was sitting here, I had my eyes closed, and he said, some of the ones that are here only let me in one room. They won't let me in their house. Yeah. They only let me to be in one tiny room, and they won't let me really dwell because of their fears and because of their control. And he said, tell them I want to live in their house. Here's the greatest thing of this whole thing. Moses, God directs a man to build an, an Ark of a Covenant. Directs David's son to build a temple. 
Jesus comes and tears the veil so we fully have access. Everything that God has ever dwelled in has been man-made, except us. Up to that point, everything has been man-made and had to have certain ones, just like Mary had to, you know, he dwelled within her womb. You, there was just certain things, certain people that could only create these dwelling places, but God himself said, I'm going to change the game forever. I'm going to send my son because I need him to get to you, and I will dwell in you. The very thing I took a knee and stooped down to create myself is going to dwell within you. You're the greatest temple that needs to be in. If the body is the temple, then I want to dwell within your temple. And if you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, he is in your house. How is it dwelling? He's in your house. Think about this. They've never been able to find the Ark of the Covenant. ever, And the reason why is because it's in you. The Ark of the Covenant is in you. So it's never been found. And if they would just open their eyes and see and look in the mirror, we were made in His image and in His likeness, then we are the carriers of the Ark of His presence. And so when you dwell in the house of the Lord forever, hear this. No matter where you go, you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So you don't have to come. Listen, we... We, we don't want to forsake the gathering how we gather. There's nothing like us lifting up the name of Jesus together. And in a few minutes, we're going to end this, this service in worship. There's nothing like it. But dwelling in the house of the Lord forever, you've got to realize that if he lives in you, then you get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever because he's inside of you. It's that, that abiding in me, and I'm the vine and the branch, and, and sometimes the branch don't bear fruit because, well, maybe somebody already picked the fruit that you were bearing. And it's just a time for you to reproduce the fruit and to get the, the, the strength to, to build up and, and prune back, and, and it's all good. But I, I guess the tough question has to be, when people are around you, what do they dwell in? What comes out of you? What is your accountants? How are you in all situations, in all your whole character, in, in good times and bad? Because when, when I, if I'm in Joshua's presence, I'm dwelling in his presence. And, and you know that there could be moments where you know how somebody is if their attitude. You can feel it. You know what I mean? Like, you know when you look at somebody, you know just like you can feel if there's something going on. What's wrong? You good? Everything okay? You can feel if something's bothering somebody. What, how are you dwelling? When the people that are around you, what are they dwelling in? We should be overflowing. My cup overflows. He anoints my head with oil. Goodness and mercy follow me. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, oozing with the presence of God. Nothing prideful. It's just what God did. He designed me to have him in me. That's what he wanted. He wanted to tear the veil and get out of all the tradition and say, I want to live in you. And I want that dwelling to be you and I the whole time. That's why his heart was broken when the people just wanted to see Saul. We need the first king. We need a good looking, strong, handsome man. He's like, what, what, just trust me. But here we are now. If you can just accept who he is, let him come into your heart and live for him, you will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. And as you do the life and as you do stuff, you're bringing the kingdom of God, you're touching heaven, you're shaking earth, and you're bringing the kingdom of God to the earth. You're dwelling. And it might, like, man, I just love it when I come here, I just feel. But I love that, but here's the thing. That can happen in your Worst case scenario, the presence of God in your car, in your shower, in your living room, at, crazy at work. You can be caught up in his presence instantly. Stand with me. We're going to get into some worship. I hope today, this, is, this was the last one. God told us to start getting in the valley, and we just went from Psalm 23.1 uh, to the end of it. And we can't make this, we didn't sit down like, you know, if we map this out right, it'd be the last service of 2020. Nobody thought that. I ain't even that smart. <laughs> but all I know is like, if we just follow after God and we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever, 
which is kind of crazy because if we dwell in the house of the Lord, he lives in my house. He lives here. And so I dwell with him. When I'm in the word, there's a dwelling. When I'm just spending time speaking, there's a dwelling. When I'm witnessing to somebody and sharing, sharing hope to somebody, there's a dwelling. Somebody gets to get captured into the dwelling. What is going on? And then what happens is you, you get to explain the dwelling. And then you say, listen, Christ can dwell in you. And then there's a moment of salvation. You, you, know, you don't need a pastor. You don't need a priest, a pastor to try to get somebody saved. You just need to be available. And so that dwelling goes there, and you're like, listen, I can help you with this, you know, trying to ask Christ to come into your heart, because just repeating after somebody is just words, but it's the action that comes behind that. It's the living it out. It's the changing the habits. And so that dwelling, because they heard, now they get it in their heart, and there's more a dwelling, and there's more a dwelling, and more a dwelling, there's more a dwelling. And listen, don't get caught up like you're stuck in the middle of somebody getting dwelled in. Ooh, I'm just caught up in this dwelling. He wants you because he will separate you just for you in that dwelling. Let's see how deep that dwelling is. Let's see how deep that well is. Hallelujah. Go ahead, love. We're going to. I think the best thing we can do for 2020 is end it strong. We're going to end strong in our worship. Like I said, we're going to end strong in our giving. We're going to end strong in our worship, our gathering. And we are going to lift him up. 2020, you came with a fight. But I serve a God that's way stronger than you. That can knock you out with just one. You ain't going to take a hold of me. I dwell in his presence. just worship I don't know where you've been I know off and on we, we try to work things out we, we talk with people and stuff but in your own self how can we dwell in his presence I don't care I'll just be honest with you as the pastor listen nobody's arrived we all can still continue to figure out ways to spend time with God I can get busy doing good stuff and miss the moments I have with the king. While I'm doing kingdom work, just because you're doing kingdom work doesn't mean you're spending time with the king. Dwell with him. Because what happens is, when you're around somebody for so long, listen, this has happened many times. When you're around certain people and you're always around them, you start laughing like them, you start acting like them, you start saying their little quotes like them. When you dwell in the, in the house of the Lord forever, you start acting like the king. You start smelling like the king. You start acting like how he acts. You start seeing like he sees. You hurt for what he hurts for because you dwell with him. You know his heart, and he knows your heart. So when you dwell in him, there's action in it. You don't even have to ask for permission because you dwell so close, and he's so close to you. You just start responding to things because you dwell.